Hello. Welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hawes, uh, and today is our first recording of what we don't even really have a title for yet, but we'll call it the Fun and Sobriety Movie Review Podcasts, um, where I, as a person in recovery, pick movies to review with a friend who is not in recovery, uh, movies that are based on or centered around or have a strong theme with respect to recovery primarily, although we'll eventually probably eventually branch out to just being about alcohol and drugs and addiction. Um, but my, uh, my intent is to focus on movies that deal with the full arc of falling apart with an addiction, having your life go to shambles, and then how accurately the movie portrays that behavior as well as any um, bounce back or recovery or sobriety or whatever you want to call it. Um, And uh, this one's a little raw because as you might be able to pick up, um, Kaz Gable and myself, my my intrepid co-host Kaz Gable, uh, and myself were not entirely um, sure what we were doing out of the gate, but uh, it was a pretty interesting conversation, and we discuss the 2009 movie Crazy Hearts, starring Jeff Bridges and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, so without further ado, um, let's listen in. I remember when life was easy, things like love were considered crazy. I'll wake up when I'm sober, which will probably be never. I'll wake up when I'm sober, but stay drunk So welcome uh, to the Recovery Cast, uh, the podcast that deals with ideas in recovery and conversations about recovery. Uh this is the first, let's say, inaugural run of the Recovery Cast review of recovery-based movies, which I, I haven't come up with a better title for it than that. So just bear with me. And this is, and, and I, it's it's your tr- intrepid leader, <laughs> Dylan Dylan Haas, and I'm joined, as always, even though this is the first time, as always, by Mr. Kaz Gable. Say hi, Kaz. Hello. Okay, um, and yeah, I, this is the first time, so obviously I'm rough. Uh, yeah, we're rough, is... but but no, no. Uh, I, th- but... I think you should say recovery a few more times in the intro. But other than that, you got it, <laughs> nailed it on the first take. <laughs> but the idea of the movie reviews is something I've had for um, for a while now. I guess I don't remember the first time it came to me, but uh, I, actually, I guess it it kind of came to me with the movie that we're starting off with here, which is why I chose this movie to start with. But yeah. uh, at the time, it was the idea of doing a blog, and I, I knew I didn't have the energy to actually do a blog that discussed the treatment of recovery or the way that recovery is treated in uh, major motion pictures. Uh, and so, you know, over years, and as we did more podcasts, I mean, Kaz, you and I have done a couple of steady yeah, podcasts together, along with Brett back in the back in the day. Uh and I don't know, somewhere in there, especially because we kept reviewing movies, I, I I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation 
with other people. Uh, initially, I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation or, or, or focus on someone else in recovery to discuss movies about recovery with, but I think it's more, uh, I, I, potentially more interesting to discuss recovery movies with someone who is not in recovery because I, I am in recovery. I'm, I'm uh, as of this recording date, just shy of 10 years of sobriety. That's really cool, man. Yeah, and I I am not in recovery, but I also right. find it to be a really Yeah, so when you brought it up, I was like, "Oh, that is so interesting because it is there's such a gamut of per- portrayals of uh, addiction in Hollywood movies and some are just like, well, especially someone who's not ever been in a recovery, it's hard to be like, "How?" Oh, I mean, I some things seem to be closer to reality than others, of course, and some seems to be like too tightly packaged or too nicely wrapped up or too clear. And yes, one of the things I'm really excited to get into Crazy Heart is I feel even though it's not like the worst ever depiction of what being an addict and an alcoholic is it. There yeah. are some interesting takes it has on the recovery story. I, I agree. And that's that's that. Yeah. I mean, we're getting right into it. Um, and yeah, so it. the first the first the first movie that that I like I said, I. This movie came to my attention in, it was released in 2009, and I got sober in the uh, spring of 2009, and I saw this movie, I don't know, sometime in the fall of that same oh, year. Oh, God, I didn't even and, think uh, about that. Yeah, so this is really close to your, like, yeah, yeah, being I was, in that place where you're close to kind of where he was, even as a character, at the end of it, of course. And, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, and precisely that, I, I was, I, I want to, I, I don't remember exactly when, but it couldn't have been more than nine months sober tops right so i again this is where i started to really fixate not fixate but but pay closer attention to recovery movies because of what you just said like a it was something that i hadn't really paid close attention to and then the more you think about it you're like oh yeah there's that's kind of a theme in a bunch of movies i've watched and enjoyed but and you're right there's so many varying degrees of the way it's portrayed and how cheesy it comes across and how unrealistic, at least in my opinion. And, and this is the heart of it. Like, this is why I wanted to talk to someone about the way it comes across. So, so let's get into crazy heart. Okay. So yeah, well, you want to talk a little backstory about it? Like it's uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you go ahead and you, you give this the, the synopsis of the movie right. and I'll, I'll interject or whatever. Well, it's uh, as I'm sure a few of these are, are based on a book. <laughs> Um, and a guy named Scott Cooper books actually pretty old. I think the books from like the seventies and a guy named Scott Cooper adapted it, um, directed it and kind of did everything around getting it going. Cause it's been optioned apparently a bunch of times over the years. And the story about why this one got, why it got made is Scott Hooper was Cooper was following Merle Haggard around and he wanted to make a movie about him. But because, uh, because it's very close to him where he's been married so many times, there's so many issues of cop of like, life rights that he would have to get for all the people Merle Haggard's crazy life has touched that it was right. he, he realized it was impossible and then some, because of that people were like oh hey have you ever read Crazy Heart the book and he's like I have not and so he read it and it was like holy shit this is a, almost exactly the persona yes. and so he adapted the screenplay pulling from the book primarily but also from his experiences of these old country music stars and so anyway from the beginning he had Jeff Bridges in uh, mind and uh yeah. So well, yeah, and Jeff, I, 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 yeah, I think ahead. Jeff Bridges won. He won the Oscar for this portrayal, right? This was his. He won the best oh, actor. I, I, I'm fairly sure of that. Yeah, it would make um, sense. It was. I know he was and, very lauded for it. 
Yeah, well, and he sang those songs. That was him performing. I, I remember uh, him being all over like Fresh Air and all that at the time uh, when it first came out, and um, you know, it, it being uh, you know uh, focusing on the fact that you know he he was. I think he was even playing and singing. Like when you see him playing and singing in the in the movie, he's actually doing that. Yeah, Academy Award. They oh, both yeah, won. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. She was. She was nominated, but she didn't win. But Jeff Bridges did. Maggie win Gyllenhaal for Best is actor. pretty amazing in this. But oh, oh, oh gosh, I, I think the entire movie really only works because of how great they both are. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, so okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So no, no, like that's he's okay. a, he's he's a, go- he's a he's a he, keep going, keep going with the description. Well, and so then we'll, here, and here's what's so interesting about it. So anyway, well, broad stroke. So he is a. Um, a uh, very well-known country star at the end of his career and potentially his life. Right. Like he is an alcoholic <laughs> and has been a functioning alcoholic for decades at this point. Yeah, and they say he's they say he's he says fifty-seven at some point in the movie, yeah. early in the movie. So he's yeah he's and so he's been living a hard you life. Know, if, yeah, exactly. And if you expect he probably became famous in his twenties, if not thirties, then he's been yeah it's been decades where he's and he's at this yeah. like equilibrium point, which is kind of the cool thing about this movie. From that's interesting about the portrayal of alcoholism. You're not. At his point where he's at the height of his fame and power and everything is available to them and he's at the height of his like hedonism and doing whatever he wants and really destroying you're at the end where he's kind of reached this equilibrium in his life where he is drinking constantly and he's drinking his Ugh. whiskey that he loves but he's yeah. functional like he's still doing these gigs every night it's just the gigs are getting shittier and shittier and his life is becoming oh slower God. and slowly <laughs> degrading but he still has like a house he maintains. He still has, it's like, it's weird. It's like, he's at this equilibrium and yeah. And, and but it's not, it good. opens on him. Yeah. It opens on him rolling into some small town in like in uh, Albuquerque, I want to say, right. Or in New, or not Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, uh, he's going to play in a bowling alley and he's just, it, it, I, well, the first I, okay, scene is he is, tries to order a drink and put it on a tab, yeah. and the guy comes up and, and says, hey, and... your booker made it into the contract that you do not get a tab, and he gets really mad about it <laughs> and gets plastered for the show. For the show. Well, and he gets plastered because he winds up wandering over to a liquor store, presumably across the street, whatever, and he's trying to figure out. He says somewhere in there he's only got 10 bucks on him, and then the next shot is him staring at... Uh, a, a couple of racks of cheap liquor, clearly contemplating what the fuck he can do with $10, right? Yeah, because he and this sees is his what, brand this first, is, which is like top shelf whiskey. And then he is starts it, looking- I don't know, Is yeah, that a real brand? I don't know is if that it a is, real but, brand it, or is but it's it? on like the higher shelves in the in the shot. Okay, it's like that makes sense. or something like that. And he's and then yeah, you see the, you're the right. shot like pans down as he goes to the lower, right. lower price. And then yes. he picks up a fifth of a plastic bottled- I think it's yeah. got some hilarious name. It's like Backwoods something. It's really funny. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but but what this is this is the moment in this movie that did all of this for me that made me think about doing this kind of a blog slash podcast. The guy, the liquor store owner looks over and goes, "Oh, he's like, "Oh my gosh, Bad Blake," cuz that's that's the that's Jeff Bridges' name in the movie, Bad Blake. He goes, "Bad Blake, I want to be the first person. I want to buy you. I want to sell everyone. I bought you a, a drink for Bad Blake." And he hands him a bottle of the top shelf whiskey, and says, "I am Bill Wilson. I want to buy you this drink." Yeah. And he hands him the bottle of whiskey, and that was the most like that's that's a major Easter egg, because totally. uh, 
Bill it's, Wilson is the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, that's cool. So w- when he said that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Right? Because oh, you know, I'm nine months sober. I'm doing probably yeah. two meetings a day at that point. You know, like ten a week. Some, you know, like I'm living in those rooms because I have nothing else going on in my life for the most right. part. Right. Uh, but but yeah. So that I was like, "Whoa, what is this movie?" Because I was just watching it because whatever. I just thought it'd be a cool movie. Um, Holy shit, that's interesting. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, right. So that's why, so I watched the whole movie like waiting to see what, because clearly they're not going to put that name because that's right. the other thing about recovery movies, Hollywood recovery movies. I Honestly, I'm surprised there's not more of them. I mean, not that the world needs more of them, but I mean, you know, it's an industry full of artists and a lot of artists who make a lot of money quickly Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. rife with with uh, uh, drug and alcohol addiction. So, you know, it's not surprising that there's the number that there are. It's more surprising that there's not more movies that are just fixated on, right? On, yeah. You know, drugs and alcohol and getting sober and blah blah blah. So, yeah, that's a clear Easter egg, and it told me what the movie is going to be about. So, it, it it told me specifically what the movie is going to be about, um, and made me very attentive to the way they were portraying everything, which kind of made the whole like first act or two acts I guess where he's like falling apart um that much more like really gut-wrenching to watch right so okay so he he plays the gig he gets fucked up on that guy's whiskey that's right because that guy like introduces his wife and asks him to sing a song or no he says will you sing a song for my wife or whatever and like and then he gets so fucked up, he just runs out of the room he, he during the song. It. He starts the song. He doesn't sing it. And he has his yeah. backing band sing everything until he stumbles back in at the end. Yeah. Oh, but he goes outside, he vomits in a garbage can. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, because you, you think like, okay, this guy's good. He's okay. Yeah, he's, he's got he's, this. He's holding his shit together. Oh, he's drunk, God, that is but, you know, so... he's functional. Well, actually, you know what's even funnier about that first scene, which I think, like, not knowing the Bill Wilson thing makes it even more poignant, but one of the best, I think that one of the best intros to the awkwardness of hiding your alcoholism constantly is that yeah. um, there, right before he buys the alcohol for him, he hands him his whiskey and says oh i know your brand and he reaches for the really right. pricey stuff and there's a moment where you know he's only got 10 bucks and he can't afford this and there's a pause right. before he actually buys it so you're like waiting is he gonna have to say to this guy no oh god this i had even barrel garbage stuff today and and the, you know oh, what i mean my like god and, and oh then yeah the end, he buys it for him you're like oh shit okay and then and yeah and then he loses it and yeah he starts <sighs> the show okay he's not he's grumpy about a few things but by the end, he's like covered in sweat. He sits down on the amp after a while because he's just so out of it after he pukes and comes back. And then he kicks it's it into so gear and finishes the song. Yeah. It's so a whole that whole that whole sequence is so uncomfortable. And then okay, then he meets so Maggie Gyllenhaal in the next in the next town. And then that 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 relationship develops and he has you know, he basically he falls in love with her. And with her kid, and there's the whole subplot or you know sub theme about him getting an opportunity to to be present in this other kid's life in some small way after he's already admitted that he was basically absent from his own child's life at roughly the same age as as Maggie Gyllenhaal's kid, right? And mm-hmm. does all this stuff like you know uh, pathetic old 
artistic guy who's in love with a young muse, basically, right? Yeah, like and you can tell she's a little broken as well. Like she's a single parent, yeah. and she's she's a little suspicious of him, but definitely drawn to that his personality. Of course, yeah. And that was my that was my only criticism of her performance was she wasn't um, enough of a loser. Right, like sure. they they did a good job of like portraying her as enough of a loser. Uh, I, I I hate to say loser, but you know what I mean. Like she she's thirty two, he's sure. fifty seven, and he is not holding his shit together. So the very the fact that their relationship doesn't make you just roll your eyes and be incapable of watching even their interactions before they even start flirting. I think is a testament to how good of performers the two of them are, right? Like, yeah, and it's also that Jeff Bridges' charm too. I feel like he's just yeah even throughout. Yeah, that's he's a, still that's, charming. That, yeah, at yeah, every and, point. And, and and I can see it as an older man who oh god, I just put this together. Shit, <laughs> at that time, I was starting to date someone who was fifteen years younger than me. Oh boy, so I could appreciate the charm of being a broken older man Mm -hmm. that is still attractive to a much younger beautiful woman who has no need for me that's interesting i hadn't thought of this until right now as we're talking about this movie which i i guess that's part of it is is I remember when we went when i sat down to rewatch this because i haven't seen it since 2009 uh thinking is this still going to have the same effect on me and i wonder if that was underlying that was my awareness that at the time i could relate to the guy not just because i'm a drunk right but because he had something going on with somebody who's clearly not shouldn't be interested in him okay i maybe i'll cut all that out i don't want to admit any of that on 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 tape but uh (laughs) i think it's a good point because well it's also interesting too that she's like maggie gyllenhaal's pretty got that sort of sad Look, and there's a conversation yeah. there where she kind of discusses, like, kind of to your point where it's hard. If they didn't do it right, it would be really hard to watch. But there's something about it yeah. that, yeah, it, it doesn't. There is a misalignment there to a degree. But also, there's a conversation about her recent past that she's been kind of through the ringer, and she's she hasn't been a reporter. It doesn't seem for that long, and so no, it's and, kind of like and, and rebuilding that, yeah. her life as well. Um, yeah. But also, they, after they, that, we don't know much about her, and so you can kind of like inform everything about her through how she acts with him around him exactly so it's kind of like yeah yeah i mean i mean in the end i'm not in any way trying to say like this is a believable relationship like i can believe because then i don't think they 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 wind up having drinks a second time like she comes back to interview him a second time and it's much later and he gets her to drink with him which she wouldn't drink with him the first time and yeah I, I can see her being a little charmed because then she's got to see him perform and he performs really great and is, you know, he's in his element and then she's got a couple of drinks in her. It, it, that's not unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it, I can appreciate anybody who would be put off by it. I mean, it's like, what, 25 years difference in age? Like, eh, but if. But he is has really, any, oh, he she, is really good at what he does. Like he, you, he, he is really why good. he was popular. Well, he was, he's a, t- he was a talented and I, artist and still. Is yeah. Artist. And, and she is well versed in, in country music lore, right? Like she right, seems right. to know like the references he makes. So it's reasonable that she would have like just an artistic, you know, a crush on him. Cause he's a, a, 
a famous artist and, and sure. would want to sleep with him. When the relationship develops, that part, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm like, she would have to be a much bigger train wreck than Maggie Gyllenhaal portrays her to be yeah for me to be a hundred percent on board i mean i'm fine because it's a movie and it's walking us through the steps of this guy falling apart yeah and it's all the worst because he's you know he he does get this woman to kind of fall for him and uh somewhere in there that's right when he comes to visit her at her house because she lives in santa fe and he's still on this tour for like a month and she just came to see him at one of the shows in Santa Fe. He had like a weekend show in Santa Fe and then he's going other places and he gets in a, he falls asleep at the wheel in the middle of the afternoon after he says he's coming to visit her when he's got like a few days off. Right. Right. And I remember they do a good job in the movie of like, they don't portray him as drinking in the car. And I don't think if you think like, cause then he winds up like snoozing, you know, just falling asleep, dozing off the wheel and then rolling the suburban that he drives. And they show him like kind of tossed to the side of the passenger side when he's, you know, when a car comes to its rest. Uh, and there's not like beer cans and everything, right? Like they're not, they're not yeah. throwing not, it not in your face. Either. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. He's not, well, no, he drinks beer at other points in the movie, but, and if you're, but that's just it. Like I could see a movie really putting it in your face of having like empty beer cans right. flung everywhere at that this accident. Is the reason. Point, right? Like exactly. And they don't do that, but yeah. still the doctor, when, you know, they show him and he broke his ankle and that's the only real walk away that he has. It's the only real damage that he has, but the doctor's like, Hey, let's be realistic. You're an alcoholic. You know, you need to stop smoking. You need to stop drinking and you need to lose weight or else you're going to die. Yeah, you're in rough and that's, shape, buddy. I, and that's so, I really appreciated that, that instead of, you know, really hammering it on us in the audience, like, because, yeah, he, he was fucked up at the concert that night, and then he's drinking with Maggie Gyllenhaal, but he's, you know, he's doing that charming thing where he can get away with it. He's functional in the extent that nothing's really falling apart. And even the accident was him just dozing off the wheel in the middle of the afternoon not necessarily because he's drunk i mean certainly because he was drunk the night before but you know it's one of those things um so i I, in terms of the idea of how this shit is portrayed in a movie i I really appreciate that because it's very subtle and it's the kind of thing that like as someone you know if you have an alcoholic in your life or a drug addict in your life that's one of those like squirmy things that it's hard to nail down where they're like, well, I'm not drunk. You're like, but yeah, you've been drunk for 72 straight hours. So it's yeah. reasonable to say you're fatigued, right? but they're not hearing it. And you don't really, you, you, you know, and if you're, if you're really with somebody or if you have a, a, a an alcoholic in your life or a drug addict, they're, they're going to be squirmy about that. And so you you kind of become codependent and you let that kind of slide. You know, what's so, kind of, tied to that um is which was interesting because i agree i think that what's really interesting in this movie is the subtleties that they portray they never hit you over the head with this drinking that much i mean <laughs> occasionally they do of. like when he's puking in the back couple, room yeah. but it's also like yeah, yeah that's to be expected he's drunk that but, much and, like and also it. and and at that point in the movie you're like yeah he's in a shit gig doing a sh- in a small town and he's just he doesn't want to fucking be there so sure he's just got drunk right like yeah. you don't necessarily know anything at that point but yeah go ahead go ahead 
Um, well, what I was because when you're talking about their relationship too, I was thinking back because I took a few notes about this, and I had to uh, kind of start and stop my watching when I was watching it. And when I one of the things I noticed though is like whenever he and Maggie are together, like the first time he asks her if she wants a drink, and she declines him. After that, yeah. almost every time to, they're together, he gets her to take a drink. Like it's his Ooh, way. That's a good point. And it's like yeah. this sort of subtle, insidious thing that I was like, God, I wonder if that's an alcoholic thing. Like, you know, you're drinking 100%. too much behind your back and you kind of don't want to be the only one drinking. So it's like, hey, why don't you have yeah. a drink with me? Or like, because he uses yeah, it you're... just when they're hanging out, but also when he's playing, when he's sitting in the bed and he's broken his foot and he's on like painkillers and he's writing that's that right. song. And she's just like, that's she kind right. of has a breakdown. Like, oh my God, it's amazing how, it's frustrating how talented you are that you're going to write this amazing song and not even think about it. And he's like, oh, yeah. that's okay, it's okay. And then he pours her a drink, and they're like, Dad, calm down. And he gives her a drink because he just that's you know he just gives her a drink. So he gets her to drink with him. Oh, a lot. yeah, that's a very good point. I I hadn't really registered that, but no, you're you're a hundred percent. You're spot on. I mean, that's kind of a good embodiment of the uh, codependence that you, as an alcoholic, you try and manipulate the world around you right. to accommodate your lifestyle to make your lifestyle the standard and the norm so that you don't stand out. So yeah. And the easiest, you know, the obvious thing with that is to get the people around you to join you. Right. Right. Cause then, yeah. cause especially if there's just two of you and only one of you is drinking that, that that's always going to lead to a problem. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not weird that I'm drinking. You have a drink. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah. And, and she's still like throughout the whole thing. Cause, uh, because then there's the subplot of Colin Farrell, who used to open for him, Tommy something or other. Sweet, right? so Tommy he's, Sweet. Tommy Sweet. And Tommy Sweet is now the, I, I I always say Kenny Chesney. I don't even know if Kenny Chesney is a big popular country music star, but that's the he name was. that pops in my is, head. Yeah. Uh, whatever. He's playing pavilions. He's he's like country music on the radio. Yeah, he's uh, like the big you know, he's, thing. He's the big thing in country music at the moment. And he used to, oh, he used to be a member of Bad Blake's band, and now he's super famous, basically. And yeah. somewhere in there, Bad Blake gets the opportunity to open for Tommy Sweet at the Phoenix Pavilion, right? And I think, well, okay, like, that's a, that's, that's an what, interesting dynamic too, because like Tom, so yeah, Tommy was was the backing band. Tommy hit it big, but he also right. has bought a lot of his songs fr directly from Bad Blake. Like his hit from songs are written by Bad Blake and he's kind of been touring on those songs. And part of the curse of the movie is he's pressuring Blake to give him more songs. And he there's one point. Yeah. So it's also this like not necessarily healthy relationship there that's passive but, aggressive but too, I where he's constantly like, hey man, I know you need money. I can't do the album that you want to do with me, but if you want money, write me some songs, bro. And, yeah. and so it's still this but, like weird thing, yeah. But I thought it was interesting that he still gives Bad Blake like credit. Like it wasn't totally like it was it was an interesting portrayal. Like he didn't he could have been very two dimensional and yeah. just been a dick. But he wasn't. He was like reasonable because like he was also like I think in there he doesn't ever drink either. Right. He sits and he meets Bad Blake at the at the steakhouse or whatever where Bad is like to have the scene where they actually interact, and I don't, I don't think he drinks. I think he's got he makes like a, a water yeah, he's bottle. Got like a, yeah, he's got something, but he makes a comment about it. Actually, he makes a comment about how Bad Blake like says something about it, and he makes a comment about how he only does it on stage. 
So it's like right. Tommy Sweet is bad. It's bad Blake. If bad Blake knew how to turn off the persona. Yeah. And well, and he even and he also makes the statement, the comment that like, yeah, to be a member of bad Blake's entourage, you had to drink. Right. right. He said, Southern comfort used to be your Southern comfort used to be your drink. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, you have to have something if you're in bad Blake's entourage. Right. So he, you know, he he's he doesn't he didn't actually embrace that kind of negative part of the lifestyle um but he also has reverence for bad blake right like the guy comes in looking for an autograph and he's like hey this is the guy who's autographed you like he there's never a point where he doesn't register and doesn't recognize acknowledge you know how great bad blake is but also isn't going to pander to him because it's clear bad blake is falling apart right like i really right all of this did a really good job of showing that the problem that Bad Blake is having is all of Bad Blake's making, right? Like there's totally, no, yeah. they never allow, the audience is never allowed to participate or even pretend like anything that Bad Blake presents as outward problems affecting him aren't just his problems that he's creating for himself. And I really, that's... That's part of why I like this movie especially as a I think it's a very good portrayal of the way an alcoholic deludes themselves into thinking they're doing okay even though it's clear they're not right and the way that they want to pretend that things are not their fault that like everything right. so let's get let's get to the the big critical one right like so he uh gets the opportunity like you said, he was writing that song, so he gets the opportunity to. Uh, doesn't he get the opportunity to, to write and stay at home for like a month to to write the songs for the next Tommy Sweet album or whatever? And during that time, he gets Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh, her kid to come visit, which is also kind of weird. Like at that point, you're like, uh, it seems weird that she would come from Santa Fe to visit him in Houston. Yeah, um, I, well, I think it's he needs uh, two months for his foot to fully heal. So before, no, it's because he's going to go on the road. But in that time, he writes a song, a new song out of the blue, and he gives it to Tommy to record as like a single. That's right. That's and then, right. Okay, okay. And then he builds up that. But yeah, so he's like in his house. And that's the other thing too, yeah. which I thought, which I really like, because just the portrayal of even this sort of towards the end, we're building up to like his like bottoming out moment, but like even this where you like yeah. realize, Oh, this guy is rough. I mean, he's driving the 78 shitty suburban, <laughs> but he's still, he's still together enough where he yeah, has got a, house. a house. I mean, it's a little, you know, it's a little messy, but it's, he's got a house and he has a life and it's almost like when he's got to leave his problem exacerbates. Yeah. Like I'm sure he's a drunk yeah. when he's home, but when he's on the road, oh, sure. it's and they, even And they worse. even show that, right? Like he shows up at the, at his buddy's bar at Robert Duvall has a bar that is obviously like Tommy's, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah. Blake's bad Blake's like home club when he's, when he's, when he's home, he'll go p- play gigs at this guy's bar. Right. And yeah, it's his it buddy. Seems like he probably hangs out there a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, I noticed this this time because I remember this not paying attention to it when I watched it the first time. And it did I did recall this when when Robert Duvall shows up. Um he comes in and like Robert's like, Oh, you look like hell, and he's like, blah, 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 blah. And he he's like, have a drink with me. And he and he pours two big shots of the presumably that same whiskey that he likes. Mm-hmm. And they have a conversation and Blake shoots the one glass of whiskey. And 
Robert Duvall gives him the one that he poured for himself, and then that's the second one that that Bad Blake drinks. Like in that moment, Robert Duvall never has a drink. Oh, that's and, interesting. And and later when they're like chilling out and they oh god after at some point before Maggie Gyllenhaal comes but after some point he's just like totally that's right he's totally fucked up. Remember there's one morning where he like talks to Maggie Gyllenhaal on the phone to get her to come visit and then he has to like hang up cuz he doesn't feel good and then he goes and vomits and passes out in the bathroom. Yeah, cuz he called his son the night before and that set him off. Oh, that's right. That's right. He called his son right. All of these things is such an accurate portrayal of just the little micro things that start to wear at you as a drunk and you just kind of drink around them and you don't even acknowledge that that's what you're doing. You don't acknowledge that you're, I mean, if there's something heavy, you're like, fuck this, I'm going to drink, you know, my grandpa died. Right. Little shit like that where you're like, ugh, that did not feel okay. And you just kind of numb to get that shit out of the way. And Robert Duvall shows up and is like, all right, let's go. We're going fishing. Come on, get up. And like, he's clearly enabling the guy. And like, they're sitting on the little boat and, and, uh, he's got the cooler and, and he keeps throwing him back a barley pop. He calls it right. Right. Again, again, Robert Duvall is throwing the beers back to him. He's not drinking. Right. Because later he comes in and and is clearly going to be his sponsor, right? Or at least that's the like implied relationship. They don't ever really, they don't really lean into the program, which is another thing that we'll talk about as we get to that point later. But I just, I, I remember the first time watching it towards the end when like Robert Duvall suddenly like, well, yeah, you know, you just got to take this one day at a time. And he's like kind of using program speak. I was like, that's weird. Cause wasn't he a bartender? But like, he's like Sam Malone. Like he, He's just there, and he's actually, and again, this is I, I, another reason why I find this a, a very solid portrayal of this kind of dynamic. He's just there for bad, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. not going to, never in any of their relationship, he's obviously known the guy for years, he's known for sure that he drinks too much, that his life has fallen apart, that he can't handle this shit anymore, right. but he's not doing anything but letting the guy fall on his own, right? Like he's handing them beers. He's coming in. He doesn't give him a hard time for about being passed out at the toilet. He's just like, Hey, get up. We're going yeah. fishing. Right. Yeah. Like he lets makes a guy, a com- he makes a then, comment too. Like, Oh, not again. <laughs> exactly. But I, and again, and at that point in my sobriety, seeing this the first time I didn't appreciate that so much of that role, but like being who I am in like, in like the, the local comedy scene, right? Like, sure. I've been around plenty of guys who, plenty of people who, you know, I watch their behavior and I'm like, yeah, this person probably could stand to stop doing this. But oh, yeah. it doesn't do them any good for me to say that to them. I mean, they'll right. figure it out on their own or they won't. So that that is, again, that's a part where I really like the way this this movie portrays all of this because he's a real person also. He's, he's Bad Blake's buddy. Better or worse, he knows that the guy's going to have to do it all on his own either way. So he's just there for him. And, you know, when he bottoms out, right? So Maggie Gyllenhaal and her kid come to visit him. And I, I thought this whole, like, it, like, this is one of those movie things where, like, when your memory of the movie kicks in, you're like, oh, yeah. And then they're hanging out and he's, like, walking around with the kid and then gets thirsty and decides to go into the... um it's like a mall or something, right? Like yeah, they're just hanging like out at the park and Mexican then... restaurant or cantina in a mall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the the context of how they get Maggie apart in that scene makes no sense, right? Like Yeah, it's a little I, weird. Yeah. 
it's it, like you look it's tired. One of those... Hey, why don't you go to the park and we'll meet you for lunch? And she's like, yeah, okay. go hang out at the park. That sounds terrible. I think like it's Houston in the summer. I'm right. cool. I'm not gonna go hang out at the park. It's like nine million degrees and a hundred percent humidity. I'm cool. But whatever. She yeah, winds up leaving her kid. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was I, I, it was weird they didn't come up with some other reason for them to separate, but whatever. It doesn't matter. They separate for a short amount of time, and in that like two hours time span, he has to have a drink, which again, even even on rewatch, part of me is like, oh, I feel like this guy, it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel like he quite spent as much time as he probably should have deliberating over whether to take that kid with him in to get that drink right then, right? Like, it was a little too quick but it still worked. Like this is one of the few parts of this where I'm like, this is a little bit unrealistic in my opinion. Cause even as a guy who would do this, right? Like I, right. I, I would, I would sneak off and have drinks with my kids. I, I just kept, honestly, I just kept vodka in a water bottle so that it just looked yeah. like I had a water bottle with me. Does but, Idaho have, um, can you drink with kids in bars in Idaho? Like, does that, Absolutely not. Well, that's the other thing is because I, cause I was going to say that, that rings very true to Wisconsin. Like, oh um, yeah, 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 and and Texas. No, I used to in Houston. Now yeah. that I think of it, my in mom very used bar. to take me <laughs> in that bar. That's no wonder it looks so familiar. I was no, in no, no, the no, background no, no. of that shot. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Where she took me was a dive bar. No, I, I would <laughs> yeah, that go, was kind of nice. Place. I would go. I would go play uh, centipede. I remember playing centipede for hours a day. As my mom got fucking shit faced at a bar in the middle of the day in Houston, so yes, okay. clearly that was something at least at some point. Well, and when the book was written, that would have been around the same time as when I was a kid. So, oh yeah, totally. Uh, they would not have so, better than I if the kid was drinking. <laughs> yeah, but that's where I thought it was weird because it was clearly like a restaurant cantina, and you know, even in the middle of the day. I'm sure the guy would have just been like, yeah, this is, they serve food here so a kid can come up here and drink a ginger ale. And again, I, they did a good job of showing like he really didn't do anything wrong, right? Like it wasn't even a bar. Right. It was a restaurant and he got a drink at a restaurant and the kid literally ran away within 30 seconds, right? Like he doesn't, like they don't, he's not sitting at the bar drinking and then they, they do like a, a, a fade out and fade in and there's like three empties there and he's completely lost track of time. It's been like, he didn't, even, he barely had time to kick back the drink after he called the kid. Like the kid yeah. just runs away. And so yeah, that he tells was, him, he's I like, like, you can go explore. And then, yeah, he takes like two sips. Yeah. I like that too. Cause it didn't the, feel like, uh, clearly he gets so drunk so fast. He just needed it to take yeah. the edge off, but it was his only focus. Like he was, it, he, he, well, and, and, and but 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 then when he's you know he's panicking because the kid's gone and and he and he tells the <laughs> I love when he tells the security guy he's yeah. like ah oh, when did you last see him oh he was in a bar and the guy's like in a bar yeah yeah he's <laughs> like oh <laughs> but I, I I again I'm like he's like yeah it was some dark bar over there I'm like no it wasn't it was a well lit cantina from a restaurant like why wouldn't you just say yeah it was at some cheesy mall restaurant. 
grabbing a drink and the kid ran off, right? Like right, he right. doesn't have enough self-preservation to, to say that. I, I almost wonder if those scenes were filmed out of order and they had to change the location because <laughs> he, yeah, he describes it as a dark bar. And I'm like, that wasn't a very dark bar. It was well lit and clearly a restaurant. Anyway, it is... Again, one of those, like, you don't get off the hook. Like, you're right. a fucking drunk. Like, you, your life, like, yeah, the details of what you're saying is true. This isn't a big deal. It, right. it makes no sense that the kid is gone. You didn't do anything wrong. Like, in that moment, he stopped. The kid had a drink. He had a drink. The kid just disappeared, like, drop of a hat. So, yeah, he's like, hey, you know, how many drinks did you have today? What difference does that make? That's a legitimate question. What right. difference does that make? But as, you know, from a, a, a macro scale, you're like, yeah, it makes all the difference in the world, dummy, right? Like, you shouldn't have been in there with a kid. You shouldn't have needed a drink so fucking bad you had to go to a bar. If you needed something to take your parchment, just go get a drink of water or something. Like, like any number of reasons why a rational human would look at that and be like, no, this isn't okay. And I really like that because in that moment, in that, that security guard's like trying to tell him what's up. And he's like, no, just wait here. You're not going anywhere. And the guy's, and he's like, I'm going to go find the kid. And he's like panicking. You can see like even the handheld camera effect in that moment where like yeah. it, it gets that 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 agitated uh, and he's like frantic yeah you can see that you can see the frantic look in his eye exactly frantic and and you know y- y- that feeling and again i've walked through that feeling of knowing uh-oh things have gotten past a point where i can i can't i can't there's no walking this back there's no way that i can pretend like my behavior is okay Right, like Yeah, for sure. You can see that in his face and especially when she shows up and she's like, What the fuck? And he's like trying to like you know, he's, he's like, like no tries big deal, to pat no big her. Deal. Yeah, and he well, like tries to pat her and like she's like, Don't you fucking touch me and like that whole like that interaction where you can just I I could just feel him realizing that the fucking gig is up, right? Like that the, there's no more pretending like yeah, he's like broke. Like he's, he's broken just, that trust to a degree. Yeah. I mean, well, especially because the whole reason he sends her off is he knows he's going to go get a drink. He knows he's got to go get one at some point, and so he exactly and she exactly. already has told him she doesn't want him drinking in front of him. So not only is she be yeah. breaking that, but he knows why it's, directly or indirectly. He knows oh, why he's sending her to yeah. go take a break. Exactly. So like that, I felt like it was a really good. And, and again, this was a scene that I was worried wouldn't hold up on reviewing for me, uh, rewatching. And, uh, I, I, it did. I was just like, Oh man, like I can just feel it. Like he just, everything just, just that like gut wrenching, like that sinking gut feeling that like, Oh shit, everything is going to fucking fall apart in my life now. Right. And, yeah. and then after she leaves and like, even, I appreciate that they didn't spend more time on it, but I, it kind of is, they should have either spent more time on it or done one of those time-lapse things because they just show him basically go home and he basically just drinks one bottle of whiskey and lays there, right? Like, I feel like for him, for a guy like that, it would have been several days sitting there, several days of just totally numbed out, totally bottoming out before then he rolls over and calls Robert Duvall and says, hey, I want to get sober. 
Does it? Do we know? Is um, it one day? I'm trying to remember now. Is it clear that it's the well, time lapse of that? I I I, I inadvertently rewatched just that um, that period there because I, I like paused it and then the Roku like when I went to go back to it it went back a little ways so I wound up rewatching that that same sequence twice but not not intentionally um, and so yeah they don't they either imply that it's just the one bottle of whiskey because he you know, they show him kind of stumbling around and it's it's two-thirds full and he's laying there drinking it and then there's like the whatever the fade out fade in and the bo- the bottle's empty and he kind of rolls over and it hits the floor and he kind of goes fumbling around for it and then grabs the phone and calls so in movie language that would imply it's just been the one Right. sequence where he drank that but and you know a guy like that he's gonna drink that bottle of whiskey in one night it's not right. gonna be yeah more for, than oh, more sure, than yeah. a few hours so i mean yeah for a guy like that for the life he's been leading for as many years i feel like it maybe the book has a longer time frame in there where he's just really bottoms out where he really 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 just hits it hard and then just like blacks out for days on end i, I don't know and and again, maybe that's me putting my own shit on it, right? Like, because when I when I hit that fan, I fucking went to town, right? Like right. the minute I knew there was no more hiding, my knee jerk was to just disappear into it because I was right. like, I I don't want to face this. So I went and got drunk for I don't know seven. 10 straight days where nobody knew where I was. I was completely hidden out, just drinking 24 seven and hiding, you know, shades drawn, hiding from my phone, hiding from the world. So that's what I feel like that little sequence is implying. And again, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm putting my own, but, but it's quick. I don't know. I mean, it's the efficiency of the film too, right? I mean, the movie's like two hours long and there's, you know, the, the, how much time do you want at that point to watch a guy just drink all the time? On the other hand, yeah. you know, nobody I mean, but they could have, right? uh, you could have like, they could have done stuff, you yeah, know, they, to make it feel like yeah, they could have done there. A, they could have, yeah, they could have done a montage of him like in different seats in his house and varying degrees of fucked up. Anyway, that doesn't matter. It, it still felt earned. He goes to rehab, uh, um, and again, this is where, like, I again, they, I felt like they really kind of, uh, they only touch on a couple small parts in rehab, right? They, they, there's really only two shots, you want to call them two scenes, in the rehab center, right? There's clearly some nice place with outdoor, you know. It's like a Zen uh, garden. The, it's the, like the nicest yeah, AA like meeting a, ever. It's, it's actually Yeah, well, like, it's. It, it, it that tracks right it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's it's a rehab facility obviously one well, that's a little sense. bit uh, calming I, I don't want to say yeah yeah and i don't want to say upper end of it but it's it's a nice place um it's texas there's probably a lot of those right i mean yeah. dallas houston and dallas are, are major cities so there's there's gonna be fairly nice rehab centers it, it looks like it's in the woods somewhere now that i think of it which i don't know is there a lot of woods in, in yeah it looks in, like a uh, botanical garden kind of like yeah like these nice like awnings and stuff like that yeah and and having a meeting like that that's uh, absolutely tracks absolutely and and the point of that being that he stands up and says yeah i'm i'm bad i'm an alcoholic and they're like hey bad um and then yeah, he kind of gives his little spiel and then they, they cut away from it and just show him alone at the place where they get coffee and he's just kind of standing there maybe trying to have a smoke 
and someone comes over and goes, oh, I, I understand you're an entertainer. And he's just like, yeah, because he's bad Blake, right? Like he's yeah. he's supposed to be like Merle Haggard, right? Like yeah, Merle Haggard totally, level yeah. of famous, but just some random guy in Dockers and uh, and, a, and a polo shirt's just like, oh, well, that's great. We're glad you're here. Right. Um, right. And again, this is interesting to me because as a recovery person, as someone who's been to rehab and interacted with that guy, basically... Mm-hmm. That is an absolutely accurate portrayal of how that shit would work. It it wouldn't matter if you were in there with super famous guy. Someone is going to be so fucked up that they don't know who you are, and right. that person's going to be, you know, sitting on thirty days of sobriety. Or maybe that guy's one of the treatment people, and he's got a couple years, but he's also his life is all about fucking AA and whatever. Right. So, because you can kind of see bad kind of has that funny look on his face of like yeah i'm an entertainer it's like yeah fucking <laughs> yeah. Merle Haggard. Yeah. yeah and the guys and the guy's only response is i'm really glad you're here that is absolutely the way people treat you when you're in rehab that is so accurate and hmm. and i really really liked that that that's the only thing they showed like it it, it irked me the first time and it kind of got under my skin this time on viewing in that like they don't give you any real f- taste of what the fuck is going on in that rehab center. Cause then the next thing is he's waiting to get out and Robert Duvall is coming to pick him up and, and he's, he makes the statement, well, yeah, I think I got this thing licked. Right. Well, and, Duvall and does say to- <laughs> right after that, he said, well, it's easy right now, but trust me, it's going to get hard, which kind of ties. That's so interesting too, about Duvall's character. Now that you mentioned the, how he interacts yeah. with him is that he must be yeah. sober, right? Because oh, a hundred percent. And so Absolutely. it's like, and God, that's so. And interesting. he's not he's he's not going to indulge him in that, and he's also not going to hassle him for it. Because again, that is the way to handle someone in early sobriety. Because you, totally. I see those people yeah. all the time. I mean, I still go to I go to meetings regularly. I right. go to you know multiple times a week. I interact with people all the time, which it's part of why I want to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you. Part of the deal is interacting with people in early recovery and early sobriety, and a lot of them do have that. Like, yeah, I've got this figured out. This is great. I've never, fe- I haven't felt this good in years. And blah blah blah. And you're like, yeah, good, terrific. You know, it might not feel like that forever, but you know, yeah, lean into it. And he also makes the like one day at a time statement, right? Like, because that's a hundred percent. It's all that kind of stuff, and I like that. Like, yeah, for sure. and I and in terms of the the rehab center. I, I actually appreciate that that's all they show because because it doesn't you're unless they're gonna put the movie in the rehab center and I think I in the list of movies that I suggested we do I put a couple of them in there that are yeah. centered around rehab clinics around you know inpatient treatment centers right those are the times to go into that but in terms of what they've shown us, he has that kind of humility of standing up in front of a group of strangers going, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. That, that is like, uh, they're trying to just kind of show the humility that requires. And then following that up with somebody having zero idea who he is outside of the center. Those are the two critical things. He had to have the humility of admitting he had an issue. He has a problem and, rec- and registering that he is not special in this center. He is just another guy. And those are really the only important things for 
him for those are it's basically a first step right like he, he he's that's not a first step but it it encapsulates all of the critical things for a a guy like him to be able to step out and then you know they the next few sequences are him basically showing that his life is now getting steadily better right, right. and that's really the key for someone like him is to get out of the way because the whole movie leading up to that effectively has been him in his own way, right? Like he's fucking bad, Blake. He can't believe he's performing at a at a pool or a bowling alley. And he's fucking bad, Blake. He's not going to go open for this guy who used to fucking perform behind him. Fuck that. And he's fucking right. bad, Blake. He's he's going to still do what he wants, even if he's got himself this super young woman who's into him. He's still going to do what he wants, right? Like, so Well, he gets being, enabled at every turn. It's not the level that it was when he was a superstar, but exactly. he still is getting but free drinks still, constantly, and women are exactly. sleeping with him constantly, and... Yeah, yeah, that's true. They, we didn't talk about that. He's also getting laid on the road. I mean, they're <laughs> they're portrayed as pretty haggard women, but he's still getting them, right? Yeah. But but so even with the small little stuff they show of the recovery uh, rehab or whatever, it's still just the key elements is like humility, getting the humility to right. admit you're nothing special. And then yeah, they show him perform at the at Robert Duvall's bar, and it's beautiful, right? Like yeah, that is a really moving moment. And like in the song, I don't I don't care for country music at all, but I love every song in this movie. Like it well, and it's that really old, really from good. the heart singer songwriter. Like it's that Merle Haggard stuff. Where it's yeah, just like these guys that's definitely lived this. <laughs> like that's it's a good not point. Like, that's a good point. It's like I was in jail, but it's like yeah, it's not like you didn't do that. And it's like we're country music today, where it's just like I don't give a shit about your truck, man, or like your how much you <laughs> like girls in denim jeans. Who fucking cares? Like these guys were like I fucking woke up with a cigarette yeah. still in my mouth, and it's just like yeah, I bet that yeah. really happened. Well, yeah, and the song and then, after that is different. It's interesting. Like, not only is it a slower, more introspective, like almost gospely song, and it's but it's he's beautiful. singing is a little better. It's cleaner, and it's like there's something yeah, different it, about it. Like, yeah, he is. It, it it and it it is. It's a very quick demonstration of the film is quick, and it's a, a demonstration of how quickly his life begins to do better when he gets out of his way and just, you know, stops pouring poison down his throat. And cause that, that really does just, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I'll say everybody who's an alcoholic who's falls apart, there's other problems, right? Oh, for sure. That's yeah, yeah. not. So getting that shit out of the way, getting the poison out, getting that, getting that, that liquor out only enables you to start focusing on your issues. And like, he's an artist. And so he's, you know, that's a quick way to show he's able to lean into his art and it's really beautiful and it's making his life better, right? Like he cleans up his whole life, goes to Maggie. This is a part I also like, goes back to Maggie after he's sober. I think it's even after he's saying that song and they've shown that he's like doing better and he's clearly, like he looks more put together. He looks cleaner. He just looks, you know, he's got like uh, his shine in his eyes or whatever. Yeah. And shows up at her doorstep unexpected and she doesn't take him back. And, I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. Uh for a movie like this because it would bum me out if if she even gave him a chance, right? Like even if 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 I just I just loved that 
he was forced to have to continue doing this because at that point, up until that point, it could have been argued that he was just doing it because he had lost her and he just wanted to clean up for her. Totally. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what it starts was, it was, for sure. Right. Like, and that's the pivotal yeah. point where it becomes like you, he could have gone either way. He could have regressed and took gone a drink yeah. because it seems like he was expecting in that scene her to welcome yes. him with open arms and be like, wow, yes. you've changed. I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, but, which is, again, a very, I thought, very honest portrayal of how that shit works, right? Like, n- most people, lots of people do early recovery for the wrong motivations, right? I mean, even right. if underlying it, they know that they need to do it because they have problems and they're going to do it, a lot of times you just do it because you even put it as a false expectation just to fool yourself of saying, well, I'm going to do this so I can get her back or so I can, you know, make life better for my kids. Right. And then having that rejection, you're like, oh, shit. Now what? Right. Yeah. And and you're right. You're right. The next scene could easily have gone the other way of him being just like fucking face down in a puddle. And instead it shows him, what, 16 months later, mm-hmm. standing in the standing in the wings while Tommy's sweet plays his latest song that the plays the latest song that he bad blake who now he goes by otis apparently i don't know that was a yeah interesting he's not bad blake anymore he's otis which i thought was cute because you know he had, uh, earlier when she asked him what his real name was he's like well no i'm never telling anybody my real name i'm bad blake and yeah, then bad that know, day. He tells <laughs> yeah. her no. um and it was sweet i thought it was sweet you know like his his manager's like hey here's another check you're doing great and and he has that same like they did a good job. I, it, they did a good job of him, like being, yeah. It looks like I still got a little bit of juice in the in the engines or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, because his 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 manager's like, hey, you're making more money than you have in years. You're clearly doing better. You know, this is great. And instead of being like super prideful about it, he's just like, yeah, thanks. This is it's been a good it's been a good run, right? Like, yeah. That again was to me a good portrayal of the guy. A simple way of showing that he's still on track, right? Like they don't have to show him like rejecting a drink or doing something cheesy. Right. Just that very low key kind of humble response to what previously in the movie, you know, he had already said was his goal was making more money, getting paid for doing this shit, you know, getting the respect. He's getting all that stuff, but he's not reveling in it in the way that he, you know, bad Blake used to. Otis is like, great. This is terrific, and like moving on, right? And I, I thought really that was great because yeah. even, and and it's, and it, and it, and it doesn't show him years in the future. It shows him sixteen months. Mm-hmm. That's still really early in, right? Like you're yeah. still, you know, he he drank alcoholically for, I'm gonna guess for forty something years in that movie, right? Like right. by the time he got clean, Probably, so yeah. sixteen months is nothing, right? It's basically nothing. So he's still just very very early in. And then she shows up and they have their closure moment of like him finding out she's married and, you know, and it was sweet because there's, again, the same thing where he's just kind of there for her and he's just like, that's great. You, you, I always figured you needed a good man or whatever. And like, and she offers to let him come see the kid and he's like, no, you know, that's, that's probably not good for him. So let's just, just leave it at that. And then it, it just ends with them, him giving her another interview and yeah, looking out chat, at the yeah. sunset. And and I just, I thought it was such a, a sweet portrayal of how that shit can work. Right. What are you doing there? What is that noise? Oh, sorry. I was adjusting my headphones real quick. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. It just was crackly. Um, 
so in terms of like a portrayal of this kind of stuff in a movie, I, I thought it was really sweet. Like they did a very solid job of showing him completely falling apart, completely being incapable of running his life, of not being, of being unable to drink, to not drink rather, you know, unable to do anything without having that poison dictating his existence and then bottoming out they they kind of short shrifted the the recovery part or the rehab part but yeah, it's, again it's compact walk, yeah compact that's a good way to put it but walking through it just now talking about it with you like i actually am not that bothered by that because it it, it leaves you know the point of the movie is that he needed to change in that like by doing so he was able to uh, presumably get his life back on track, but they kind of leave it open, right? Like the only closure they needed for the story was him, you know, being able to, I, I, I it's not an amendment cause he doesn't really do any amends to her. He's just like, he gets an opportunity to get that idea of closure with her. Like one last conversation, one last like goodbye and he gives her that check, which is kind of cheesy. He's like, we'll give this to the kid when he turns 18. And yeah, they never the, show what the quantity yeah. is. But, you know, you're Apparently like, well, it's pretty a, good. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's also a check written to him. So what's the kid going to cash some check for 60 grand written to some old man who died a few years ago? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, that's, that's, like, <laughs> see, I didn't get that either because it felt like it's like he didn't want to see the kid, but he wants to suddenly be in his life when he's 18. Like... It just well, kind of rang I think a little weird to me, but I, I get the sentiment. But. Well, I think it was it was just kind of the idea because then she's like, I can't take this. And he's like, well, there wouldn't this check wouldn't exist. The song wouldn't exist oh, if it weren't for you and that. the boy. Yeah. So, so I mean, so it's it, kind of him. It was, it was it was it was it was again quick. It was again quick. Like it's the kind of thing that like probably the book she just, you know, someday down the line opens the mail and there's a check written to her from him saying, hey, this is because of the royalties or something like that where they have to, like, quickly summarize it in the movie. So I, I give it a pass because it's a movie thing, right? Like, yeah. Well, the terms book, of, it's in interesting. Terms of, the book actually does not have a good ending. <laughs> he does not recover oh, in the book. That's he, what I wondered. He is too... Uh, I've never read it, but my understanding is that there's only a few changes. There's only two main changes in the book. Uh, in the movie, and one is I don't believe he breaks his foot in the book. There's some other arc that goes on there, and the second is the ending is not. He's too established in his life to really change at this point, which is that, interesting. And that is that is interesting, and that's that's kind of like the uh, uh, a Star Is Born thing. And and I really I like this ending more. I do too, I like, and you know and what? I, it's interesting. You said it a second ago. It was like you were like, I didn't like it as much at the time, but now we're talking about it. And you, you were the arc. I think the arc is a lot better this way, and it does make sense because, well, first of all, both of those movies are from like the sixties and seventies when right. you know there were no alcoholics. Just every once in a while, you got a little too carried away, and and you know, but you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you don't have a problem. You just got to keep it in check a little bit better. And so, um, you're right. But like the arc is better because yeah, now that you mentioned that, like I always felt like ah, oh, that's too easy of an ending. Like he he gets his shit together. It's like this guy's been drinking for forty years straight whiskey. Right. Like and yeah. But okay, two things. Two things that I thought were really interesting about it is that I really appreciated that his downfall. When he hits bottom, it's not 
him drunk out of his mind in a sewer recently diagnosed with HIV. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's <laughs> it's it's realistic in because that's yeah. the other thing with Hollywood. It's like it's kind of what you're saying where it's like showing recovery. You don't have to show him saying someone offering him a drink and saying, no, no, like this grandiose hitting you yeah. over the head moment. It's the same thing where it's like for him and his like he's like he's getting older. He's 57. He's aware of his mortality. He has this chance at like or something kind of real, this relationship that's real. And it's that tips the scales to the to the point where he has to like at least try like you said maybe for the wrong reasons but that kicks it off and then at the end he is the artist that he probably was at the beginning where he is about his art he's focusing on the thing that really is important whereas the bad blake persona kind of ran him for 40 years keeping him going getting him all these things but he wasn't doing anything except just living stasis as that guy there was nothing like about him he was empty he was completely empty he just was living yes. off those songs, and he even said in the movie at the beginning, they keep the, this part of the thing is they're pressuring to write more stuff, and he's like, I haven't read a song, and blah blah blah, and the, the songs are still going, but they're fading, and the checks are getting smaller and smaller because his <laughs> his yeah, uh, yeah, legacy yeah. is fading. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I, I that's and that's that's I mean that's the little I want to wrap this up and 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 just and just recognize that that's. I'm glad that we started with this. I mean, I, I I always wanted to start with this movie in particular because yeah. of that, because it, it it is basically a Hollywood story. I mean, he's he's a famous person who's fading and then gets another chance at life because he, f- uh, okay, for lack of a better word, gets his shit straight and you know starts to to live for the art again rather than for himself, right? Um. And and I that's interesting to know that that's what happened in the book. And like I like I mentioned when we talked the other day, had I known or remembered that there was a book, I would have definitely read it. I just forgot about it. So I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't because it would have tainted me. Anytime I read a book and they make big changes, it always taints my view of the the movie. But yeah, yeah, it does make sense why they just ended it like less than two years sobriety because that yeah I mean he's also super famous and and that's just. Tough, right, the right? temptations like, are still there. It allows for the fact that, like, yeah. conceivably, he's got a, he's got a hard road because it's like, and maybe and maybe that's where they're showing him give that check right then, right? Because if oh, he that's waits, a good point. I you know he waits six months and he breaks his sobriety and he just becomes a shithead again. And he's just right. like, oh, well, I was going to give this check to that kid, but now I need it to you know drink. I need to drink it, <laughs> right? So. Yeah. Anyway, that's a good point. so that's a good point about the check. So I and 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 in the end here with this podcast, I don't know exactly what I want to do with like a, a scale or anything in terms of like uh, registering whether I, I guess it's just a do I believe it? Do I think it's a good portrayal or not? And, and in my opinion, I think this is a good portrayal of the the uh, uh, I don't want to say the arc of recovery. It's more like a dip, right? Like it does a good job of showing all of the key elements, the falling apart, the changing of personality required to make any effort to get sober. And then the, uh, the life afterwards. So, you know, to me, it shows all three of those things. And, and it's, uh, I guess I should have talked about that with you, this about the, (laughs) about this with you beforehand, but I, I want to say, let's, let's, let's give it a rating and say, yeah, I, I would say, Recovery movies, let's call it a, I would call it a, a 8 out of 10. 
How about that? Where ten is like the purest example, which I don't I don't know what the purest example would be, but let's let's say there's some ex- uh, ideal. I'll put it at an eight. I don't know his, what you would his, think. Yeah, his character definitely at least rings true to people that I've known who are functional alcoholics. Yeah, who for take, sure. You know, especially growing up in the Midwest, and with, you know, there's drunks and alcoholism is a problem <laughs> everywhere. But Wisconsin is <laughs> is a uh, art form in and of itself. And there's there's um, and there yeah, it's like definitely like a thing. Just you're just maintaining for a while, and you probably could maintain yeah. till the end of your life, but. But it's not oh, yeah. good, and you're slowly killing yourself. And he definitely rings true that thing of like yeah. just needing to knowing that subconsciously that you're going to need to get a drink in periodically throughout the day yeah. just to maintain. Yeah, and, and that's just your normal. But then standing back, it's like that's that's not your normal. That's not normal, yeah. man. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah, it rings it rings very true. I th- yeah, at least from an outsider. So that, and that, so that's that's why I say eight out of ten because I feel like it 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 is a very realistic portrayal of all of the elements that go into that kind of shit <laughs> sure the falling apart and then the recovery so okay cool so there yeah. we go that's it no i think it was crazy a good hard to start with for sure crazy hard is the first one and then oh shit what was the next one we were gonna do well I, we were gonna I, do 28 that? days and that's that's gonna okay. be interesting because i think that's gonna be a very interesting yeah. shift um yeah 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 and and i i do want to do it in the order that i sent you because yeah. i kind of have forethought on that like yeah, i wanted to go I'm to a re- sure rehab facility and the then okay cool all right well let's do 28 days and we'll we'll meet again in i don't know in a couple of weeks to talk about it all right sounds good i'm, I'm looking forward to it all right thanks kaz i, I gotta go but I'm not stay drunk Thank you for listening to the Fun and Sobriety podcast movie review, uh, recovery movie review, let's call it. Uh, I had to jump out of that conversation real quick as I had lost track of time, so I figured I should throw in a more concise-feeling-seeming exit to today's podcast. I really appreciate you listening, and please tune in. Uh, once every few weeks as we do more movie reviews uh, with the next movie on the docket is the Sandra Bullock classic 28 days. So thanks for listening. See you then.